Welcome to Talking to Myself. I am Myra Kay, and I'm here with Hanky Quattro and Chip. I am a 20-plus year communication professor who doesn't profess to know it all, hence the name Talking to Myself, because I will walk right out of these doors and do everything wrong. I protest face coverings. I am a healthy American. I used to be free. I am not a terrorist. I am not Antifa. I am not a sex slave that wears masks. I am not into sadomasochism and bondage. I am not a burglar. I am not a pandering politician like we see here and here and here. And here I am a proud Trump Republican, Trump Republican, yearning to be free again. Shame on all of you. Let liberty ring. God bless. Okay, well, do y'all know what that is or who that is? That's my girl, Karen. Yep, that's my girl, Karen. (laughs) And she is probably right now in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at the Trump rally, which, by the way, was rescheduled because, you know, Trump actually had it scheduled for yesterday, which was Juneteenth. And then finally, someone said, you know, Mr. Trump, I don't think you should have it on Juneteenth because Juneteenth is blah, 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 because, you know, he didn't really know what it was. And then he said he did know what it was, but I don't think he really knew what it was, but he said he knew what it was. But what, what, what tell us a little bit about Juneteenth. Yeah, yeah. Juneteenth, I mean, it's, it's, it's Proclamation Day. The day we celebrate Juneteenth is uh, the day that the, sla- the people in Texas found out that uh, slavery was no longer in. Right, the last yeah. group, the last group of slaves found out that they were freed actually two years prior. So yeah. they didn't even know they were free. They had still been had still been slaves, and then they finally let them go. So anyway, someone said to Trump, "I don't think you should have it on that day," and he says, "Oh, really? Okay. Well, I'll have it the next day." So he's having it today instead of yesterday, which was the original day. So I was watching the news and I was seeing that it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it reminded me of Black Wall Street, you know, because Black Wall Street was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you know, Black Wall Street back in the 20s, 1921 or so, was this thriving black community, completely black community, all black businesses, all everything black, you name it, just a, a utopia for black people. And I think a lot of us black folks knew that. You know, we, we've heard about it, we've known about it, and we know that white people basically came in and burned it completely to the ground, killed all the people, mass graves. We, we've heard about that kind of thing. But I think what we don't know is how it burned to the ground. We just know it burned. We don't know why it burned or what burned it. And what really burned it was white tears. White tears burned down Black Wall Street. Right. So May 30th, 1921, two 17-year-olds just kind of brushed literally feet in an elevator, black guy, white girl, brushed feet in the elevator. And, you know, the girl screamed for whatever reason. They don't really know, of course. And the black dude runs off. And so she goes to the police in pure white girl fashion and says whatever it is that she said. And the police at that time thought, this is nothing. And they ignored what she said initially. 
But then I guess she must have said something else. You know, some of those magical white girl words, like he raped me, or he black man raped, or he did this, he, something. Some black white women are taught early on to say that get police officials to react or that get white men to react. She, she used those magic words. And when she used those magic words the second time around, on May 31st, the very next day, the entire city was burned to the ground. So this beautiful place, this utopia for black people was thriving, wonderful place to live, wonderful place to raise your family was burned to the ground by white tears. And we know it's not new, you know, there was even a movie made, you know, D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation, all the way back, even before 1921, I think it was 1915. This film portrayed black men, and actually there were white men, men blackface, portrayed black men as these unintelligent, sexually aggressive men who were raping white women. And they actually, people were protesting that film because White men were getting so mad about it, they were going out lynching black men over it, you know? Because they knew that there's this idea that white, that black men want white women so bad, you know? And so these white men would get so violent, they would go out and fight because they know that they don't want anyone touching their white women because they want to protect them, they want to keep them. And on some level, people know that and they know that white men feel threatened by black men and they feel threatened that black men are gonna take their women. So there's always a buzzword, and white women know it. If they say black man, touch, rape, me, whatever, they know it's gonna incite white men to take action because of their level of sheer, just insecurity towards white uh, black men. And this, this, there are more cases of these kinds of things that happen, right Chip? So very recently, on May 28th of this year actually, a white woman had jumped her autistic son mm. and blamed two black men and said that they kidnapped her son mm. and threw him into the water. Mm -hmm. Because they knew if you say black, right, right. you're going to get more of a reaction. These right. black men did this, you're going to get more of a reaction. And these, of course, white officers or white whoever are going to jump to it, right? right. The, 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 those magic words, right? And there was a very similar uh, thing that was very similar to this that happened in 1995 when a white woman was in her car with her two kids and she claimed that the black men had hijacked her car and kidnapped the two kids and drowned them. But what actually happened was the mother had, had pushed the car into a lake and killed the kids. Mm, mm, mm. But of course, she knew right. that if she used those magic words and pulled out some of those white tears, mm. that it would all go away and it could all be blamed on some black man. You know, and it, and it never goes away, it keeps on going. In fact. At the top of this show, you heard that wonderful Karen, you know, because they've morphed into now these Karens. And I'm not saying that this is all white women, right? We just know that they, these are some, but they have morphed into what we call Karens. And Karens are these white women who have it made, they're full of privilege, and they demand their own way at the expense of others. They're throwing tantrums, they got their white tears flying all over the place, they're in Starbucks going off, you know, they're calling the police on black people for having barbecues in public places. I mean, they're doing any and everything that they want to do. Do you have, what, what, what are some Karen examples? you have any Karen examples? Yeah, I, I mean, you see all kind of uh, people and, I know this one example, uh, just people 
seeing seeing black people in a car, they always seem somebody's up to something. Uh-huh. You know, they always messing with the black person. We had to put them on the camera, like, you know, don't don't think my skin is a threat. You know, uh-huh. just or you don't think that I'm in your neighborhood or uh-huh. I shouldn't be walking around in your neighborhood. Just giving you dirty eyes and just, uh-huh. you know, sometimes it escalates. You know, but. I mean, the biggest protector we got is our phone, for real. Right. We just saw, like, what, a month ago when the the black guy who's bird watching sees, asked the one white young lady, if you could please put your dog on a leash. There are signs everywhere that say, hey, keep your dog on a leash. He asked her to put her dog on a leash. She doesn't want to do it. She tells him, no, and I'm going to call the police, right? That's one of the first things Karens do. And she used those magical white girl words. I'm going to tell them that you attacked me because he's a black man. And then when that didn't work, she went into the white tears on the phone. They showed how she tried to fake her white tears while she's choking her dog to death, you know? So she knew exactly what to do. She's been taught at a very early, young age that these are your magic words. And these are your magic tears, and you can get whatever it is you want if you use these two things. I was watching Top Chef yesterday, and this uh, they're, they're down to the final three, and there was this white woman on there, and she you know, gave her final dish. And But while she gave it, and she was describing what she cooked, just to kind of, just to make sure in her mind that she won, she started crying when she gave it to him. Because, oh, this dish means so much to me. And then at the end, when they were, you know, kind of doing the judging, once they got finished eating, and she was again talking, she was the only one again who just had to cry again and mm-hmm. give some more white tears because she wanted to just to make sure that, ooh, just I want to make sure I can win, right. you know? I want to just sprinkle a few more of those, those white tears, those magical white tears on top of it, just to make sure, you know, I can win. So, I see it, I see it all the time on uh on Shark Tank. They try to get that exactly. they try to lock that deal in, try to get that last deal in. Exactly. Go ahead and bust those tears and you know. Exactly. And you know what? That's kinda why I don't even like um Shark Tank anymore. And I'm glad you brought that up. I don't even watch it hardly anymore because it really does bug me when I see them crying because they do it all the time on Shark Tank now. It's a very common thing, you know. And a lot of these white women who hear this Karen thing, they get kind of mad and they want to say, don't call me Karen. That's like calling someone the N-word. No, it's not. Because you are choosing how you are wanting to walk around this life. You're choosing to do that. You know, and and you walking around the way you're walking around (laughs) is not keeping you from getting a job. It's not keeping you from getting a house. And it's not keeping you from getting any type of health care. You are choosing how you want to be. You know, it ain't got nothing to do with none of those things, you know. So, you know, we experience Karens on on an every day. I mean, that's like a common. You said you were the Chipotle. And what that woman do? You said that was a Karen in the line of Chipotle. Yeah, I was getting uh, carnitas. And, uh... It was, a, it was a white man in front of me. He looked like Greg Popovich. He was real cool. <laughs> and then uh, I, got, I get carnitas. I've been getting them my whole life, like 10 years, however long before they've been <laughs> open or whatever. And every time I go to Chipotle, I never, I have never seen, like, dry carnitas. It's always, like, sitting, like, in some kind of, like, moist pan or whatever. It's, it's <laughs> always moist, you know? So I, I get the carnitas, and then uh, next thing I know, the lady, she's behind me. She's getting her burrito. She's like, "Do you have any of those uh, those uh, dry carnitas in the back?" <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, I've been I've been getting I've been at Chipotle for all these years, 
Never in my life have I gotten dry carnitas. Right, right, right. She was like, oh, just give me the chicken. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like a troll almost, you know. Yeah. Just hopefully it doesn't get escalated type yeah. thing. It's always something. It's always something. So, you know, you know, to me, you know, the bottom line is this. And we just need to remember this. In these times when we're going through change, we want to have sustained change. Remember this. White women are powerful. And they have those tears, you know. They have, they have them, and they're very powerful. They have the hearts of white men and they have the pockets of white men, right? And so we have to keep be mindful of that, that we need them as allies. And when we think about Black Lives Matter and any other agendas and policies that are gonna help people of color, hey, we need to make sure we get them on our side because those white tears <laughs> and those deep pockets are gonna do it for us. You know, we need to collaborate with these white women because we need to channel those tears in the right direction. I mean, we have to face it. I mean, they control white men <laughs> and white men control the world. Yeah. And if we wanna move ahead and we want these policies to be sustained, it's important for us to have white women in our corner. They need to be our allies. So as we think about one of the first things I'm thinking about as of yesterday, we wanna have Juneteenth as a national paid holiday. So what were you thinking about that, Hank? You yeah, about like, that? Like I know for like like Cinco de Mayo or even like St. Patrick's Day, mm -hmm. people will go to, you know, for Cinco de Mayo, they'll go to a Mexican restaurant and they'll buy up all the beer, they'll buy up all the liquor. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll get tacos for a whole night, you know, they'll do that. And that helps the, the Hispanic community, you mm -hmm. know. So I, you know, for if we do end up getting a, a proclamation day and uh, where everybody is, a, it's a paid holiday, mm -hmm. I feel like we, should, we expect the same energy. I feel like people should be going to those you might have to drive through the hood to go get some a black-owned restaurant, but it's Juneteenth, you know, you gotta go do that. Or, you know, you might have to go spend some money, buy some black-owned clothing, or even mm -hmm. black-owned lip gloss. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't have the money, you can sign 100 petitions. Mm -hmm. So it's always something that you can do uh, to support black on Juneteenth. I think we deserve that. Right, and we can't do it alone. We have to get the allies, and we, we need to focus on that. We need to think, okay, who can we get on our side to help us to make this a reality? You know, if it wasn't for white women, we wouldn't have the NAACP. It, there would be a lot of things we wouldn't have if it wasn't for white women and their white tears. And the fact that they know that white men love them, white men have deep pockets, and they can, they're the ones who change the white men's minds. And so we have to, we have to get them on our side and move them in our direction, right? So just keep that in mind, because we, we don't want this momentum that we have going with Black Lives Matter and everything else. We want these policies to stay in place. And so we have to think long term and think about how we can get our allies on our side so we can start solidifying this because maybe it won't last, maybe this momentum won't last for long, but those policies, those will last for long. So as we think about this, don't forget we need to collaborate and channel those white tears in the right direction. And as always, we will be black next week. Peace.